Hi everyone, I'm Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. I'm also CEO of PRSecrets.com, and I want to welcome you to the Be A Media Darling podcast. Join us on BeAMediaDarling.com and PRSecrets.com, where you'll get free goodies and also the resources that we mention in each episode, as well as other delightful things that will help you shine in the media spotlight. On Work Your Story Wednesday, I'll walk you through specific nitty-gritty storytelling steps that you need to take in order to get noticed by the media, get invited to appear in the media, and my secrets to getting invited back. We'll also chat about the three P's, how to prepare, package, and position yourself before you even email or pick up the phone to pitch the media. Tune in every Wednesday for tips about how to pitch producers and editors so they email or call you back ASAP. Our topic today is how you can get a six-figure book advance. When my co-author of How You Can Get a Six-Figure Book Advance and I read my client Rich Fetke's proposal for extreme success, which got six figures, we noticed something surprising. It's not the writing that editors are buying. It's the person. The writing is secondary. And of course, Every author hates to hear that. But in today's marketplace, it's the sad truth. Editors at top New York publishing houses told us repeatedly when we interviewed them that the most important thing a writer can have today is a strong platform. So a platform is a plan of how you're going to reach your audience and sell your books. So what they want to know is how many books can you sell? How many books are you going to sell? According to Michael Korda, who's author of Making the List, the formula to get on the bestseller list, it hasn't changed in the last 60 years. He says, it begins with an idea, a concept, a market, and the author with a platform who can tell a story and reach that market. So the consensus from editors was that, and we interviewed uh, uh, quite a few of them, and these are editors at all the big New York publishing houses, right? Um, So the consensus was that The author can always hire a ghostwriter or the publishing house can hire or or an agent also. They all can hire a ghostwriter to fix the writing, but no one can replace the writer, his personality, his presence, and his reach, his colossal reach. So in a nutshell, the single most important thing editors want to know about you is your ability to sell your own books. So the days are over when writers can expect publishers to quote unquote sell their books. There's only one person whose job that is today and it's yours. So what to do? First, think of your proposal as the business plan for your book. You're in charge of creating the blueprint that shows editors why your book is going to be the next bestseller. So you must show that you are the mediagenic personality that will skyrocket sales. So you need proof, not hype or hyperbole. That just does not work. So I'm going to go over, I should have said this actually in the beginning, how many points am I going to go over here? I am going to go over um, three points and then uh, what I call a little sidebar uh, to do that as well. So here is what you need in your book proposal. And that's what we're talking about today is we're talking about writing a book proposal. So you write your book proposal before you sell your book. So you're selling an idea because really all that you need for your book proposal is, well, there's a number of things, but but quickly, you just need three sample chapters. You need an outline. You need 
an overview. You need endorsements. You need quite a number of other things. But you don't. What I'm saying is, you don't have to write your whole book. You can have three sample chapters that are representative of your book. And we're talking about nonfiction here, right? Because fiction, you typically need your whole book. Although my agent has sold fiction on less than a whole book, but that was that's an unusual situation, and that's a story for another time. So, number one in your book proposal is to get endorsements. So this is to secure big names. The first thing that an agent or an editor sees is critical. So endorsements show that you're respected in the world. And they can't be from your cousin or your neighbor. They really need to be from celebrities or best-selling authors or well-known experts in your field, people whose names are known. Because endorsements demonstrate that high-level people believe in you and that you're a good bet. They also go on your book cover jacket and they help sell your book. And in today's competitive marketplace, that's essential. So don't say that you're actively seeking endorsements. Lead with the endorsements that you have so an agent or an editor sees that you're a big shot or soon will be. So the other thing that you can do is to write your own accolades so to get the endorsements. Because one here's a story from one of my clients who... Um, can get an endorsement from Hillary Clinton, although she had to wait until her book was done to do so because she had imagined that Miss Clinton would have to read it. That's what she thought. But I advised her to have Hillary Clinton write an endorsement about her character, not the content of the book. And I know this might sound a little shocking to you, but I also suggested that she should take the initiative and write up a couple of examples for Hillary to choose from. So most people, particularly well-known people, they do not have time to read your book and then write up a gem of a quote, and you shouldn't expect them to. So what best-selling authors know is that is that to get great endorsements, they often write them themselves. So what I always try to do is look at the personality of the person and write in their style. So if you're writing for Hillary Clinton, that would be a different endorsement than if you were asking for an endorsement from Bernie Sanders, for example, or Maya Angelou, right? So you want to write in the tone and the style of the personality of that person and give them a couple of choices, not too many, three max to choose from. And also I suggest sometimes that they can mix and match if they if they choose. So it's no work for them and you get a beautiful, brilliant endorsement about your character from them. So don't think that you just have to get an endorsement for your book itself. You can get an endorsement for your character. Number two is prove that you have a platform. <clears throat> so remember I said that this was the most important thing to a publisher and an agent. Um, by the way, I just have a brand new client and she had a fabulous idea and the agent loved it, but she said, we cannot go out with this because you don't have a platform. So I am working with her now to create that platform. Um, and by the way, she does have a podcast too, so we can talk about that. Maybe I'll interview her for another podcast. But anyway, the point is that she had a fabulous idea, but no platform. The uh, agent thought the idea could sell but not until she had built up her audience, got a list. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about what that is right now. So first is <clears throat> tout your fans. Your platform demonstrates that you've got a built-in audience already. People who want your book, they want to hear you speak, and that they will buy your book. They have to be a book-buying audience. 
So publishers are looking for authors that the public is already interested in. So one of the most important things that you can do is to give the perception that you have adoring fans waiting for this book. Hopefully it's a reality. So adoring fans find out about you through several venues, right? The media, speaking engagements, reading your work in print publications. Um, The days of stay-at-home writers are gone. Of course, you can do an online tour, but you also want to have a list, right? You want to have a subscriber list, show how many people are following you. Or um, anyway, so that's one of the the things that they're looking for, that platform. Are you speaking? Are you um, getting published in, in print publications or online as well? And are you are you getting media attention? So you need to show that you're somebody. So why would you buy a book from someone who isn't the best or someone that you've never heard of, says Nick Darrell. He's the editor. Actually, he was my editor at HarperCollins. He said, we need to be hearing about you on radio and TV and in the news and in print media, newspapers, magazines, um, newsletters, and online hubs, right? Online news hubs and blogs online podcasts everywhere. He didn't say that, but but I'm I'm saying I I'm saying oh yeah, I'm saying that part. Now here's what he says again. We look at what kind of media exposure an author has had, how visible they are before they come to us. That's a huge factor, right? So he's an editor now at HarperCollins. When I was working with him, I was his very first book, so he was a junior editor. Now obviously, this is many many years later and he's a, I'm sure he's a senior editor by now. So the other thing that you need to do is demonstrate that you have connections. A platform is made up of your track record for exposure in the media and to audiences across the globe. So what magazines have you written for or appeared in? What TV and radio shows have you been a guest on? Are those producers aching to get you back on their shows? Do you have an established relationship with them? Are you giving keynotes, speaking engagements, seminars, workshops to hundreds of people every month? Do you have a strong internet presence, right? How many people are subscribed to your online newsletter? How many people visit your site? Are you How are you Alexa ranked, for example? I just put that in a proposal, my Alexa ranking. Um, so how many people visit your site or your blog? How? What's your track record for them buying your products? Do you have a big name clients who might host web seminars at their companies for you where you're guaranteed to sell books? What kind of professional achievements do you have? So awards, achievements, honors, those kinds of things. What have you received for the exceptional work that shows that you're a top expert? Really, remember, bottom line, how are you going to sell those books? So what you want to do is quantify, quantify, quantify. It's not really good enough simply to list these accolades. And most most authors just tell about past experiences that they're most proud of, but It's not what you're most proud of that counts. It's what makes the most difference to an editor. So every time you mention these venues, quantify them in terms of the number of people you've reached in the past and how it affected your product or book sales and how it will continue to do so in the future. So for example, one of my clients who is a $12,000 an hour speaker put in his proposal the fact that his audiences range from 100 to 10,000 people and he speaks 250 times a year. His speaking bureau typically sells his video and audio tapes to those audiences in advance when they book his talk. So those are guaranteed sales in large quantities, and that impresses um, publishers. Now, 
I recognize that not everyone has that kind of clout. He's very unusual. He's a professional speaker. That's why he speaks so much. So if you're a first-time author, you do need to show that you have the potential to create a track record through your talent, through your enthusiasm, and your contacts. So one way to do that is by showing how your successful experience in another field translates to selling your book. The um, the other thing that I want to say about that is one thing that I do for my clients who are authors when I'm working with them on a book proposal is I actually map out and do the math in terms of listing how many times they're going to speak, where they're going to speak, what kind of online promotion they're going to do. And I do the math and and do real numbers, like how many people are they going to reach if they're doing an online campaign and they're doing joint ventures, for example, and they're going to reach a million people. I really do the math that, okay, so they're going to reach a million people, but how many people are going to open the email? Probably 30% of those million people, if you're lucky, 20 to 30%. That, that's really high. So we might even estimate... Uh, 20% of the people are going to open the emails. And then of those people who open the emails, how many people are going to click through to the opt-in page? So that might be, um, it's a typical percentage to say 50%. That's average. You know, when I do those campaigns, typically I get 60 to 70%, but I wouldn't put that in there. I put in the lowest, which is 50%. So if 50% of those people opt in, then about a third of a Uh, a third of those people actually like attend a live webinar. So you do those numbers and then you say how many of those people on the webinar would buy. So it could be anywhere from two to 10% is average, 20% is fabulous. You know, so you've got to map out those numbers super realistically um, and show then how many books can be sold. Does that make sense? I hope that's making sense to you. So I go to that level of detail in a proposal to show how an author is going to sell books. The other thing that you need, number three, is to create an entire publicity plan. So in that section of your book proposal, you want to say that you're going to tour yourself. You don't say that you're willing to travel. That implies that you expect us to tour you, and we hate that, says Kelly Notaras. She's a senior editor at Hyperion. What she says is, instead say, I'm going to travel and have made arrangements and will pay my own way. So demonstrate in concrete terms your strategy to tour yourself if you're going to do uh, a countrywide tour. Your publisher will often follow you. The good news, here's the good news, is that your publisher will often follow you once you've demonstrated a commitment to promoting yourself. And what I mean by that is that the more publicity you do on your own, the more money the publisher contributes to your publicity. And they have a term for that. They say if your book has legs, then they'll make sure that it keeps running if you do. So uh, one of the things that you can do when you you book yourself into venues, then you let your publisher know so they can start to create some media around that appearance or that radio show or TV show or, or if you've even if you're speaking in somebody's house to like 30 to 50 people you can say you know I'm going to be in this city and then they will often their in-house publicist will get behind you and since you're already going to be in that particular city and do some work to get you booked so that's the good news <clears throat> one of the strategies that you can use is the Tupperware party strategy 
This is one of my favorites. Even if you're a publicity newbie, you can do this. So you have your friends in every city set up book signings at their local bookstores. It won't feel like a Tupperware party because in the sense that the invitees will feel obligated to buy a plastic tub that they don't want. So we don't want that. Um, Lisa Earl McLeod, author of Forget Perfect, says, all the people who were invited to my party thanked the host profusely. They thought they got a special treat because Lisa was, quote unquote, an author. And they felt like they knew someone who was a, who knew a celebrity. And they got invited to this special event. And what impresses agents and editors is when you say, these are the 15 cities I'll be in, and I'll sell 500 books per city. Then they know they're dealing with someone who can deliver on their promise. And the reason why I say it's important to do it in a bookstore is because then those sales are getting counted toward your... Um, your bottom line. And if you're going to be a best uh, New York Times bestseller, that's super important to have those sales from bookstores and from, uh, I mean, from Amazon too, but from, from bookstores too, because there's a certain way that getting on the New York Times that books are counted. <clears throat> For example, just so you know, it's not necessarily, it's not counted if a company buys a thousand of your books. That's not counted toward, those bulk sales are not counted toward your New York Times bestsellerdom. So that's a really good thing to know because while it's fabulous if you sold a thousand books to a corporation, know that that's not how, that's not one of the measurements to get on the New York Times bestseller list. There's a whole strategy for that, which we can talk about another time if you want. Let me know if that's something that you want me to talk about because I think it's pretty fascinating. And I don't pretend to know the secret, but I can talk I talk to a number of the elements that are necessary. Because nobody knows the secret, by the way. Nobody. Okay. Here is my sidebar, which is I want to tell you about the four biggest mistakes that even experienced authors make. So you don't make them. Number one, ingenues think that the publisher's publicist will take care of the publicity. No. Publicists at publishing houses are overworked and underpaid. And on top of that, you're a low priority. I hate to say that to you, but it's, but it's the truth. And it's better to know the truth. Because you come after the celebrities, you come after the experts, the already famous, and their dog Fifi for that matter. So they typically, uh, a, a publicist in a publishing house typically has five to 20 books to promote each season. So do the math. So that's why it's full, you take full responsibility to do your own publicity and really um, be responsible for your own success. Number two is they don't hire their own publicist. The uninitiated think that they can do this all themselves without help. But publicity is more than a full-time job. I know because I was a publicist and I was on the phone 10 hours a day along with my assistant, you know, 10 hours a day. Now it's all via email, mostly via email until you actually get booked. And then you're typically on the phone with a producer or an editor to hash things out. But it's via email today, but it's the same process. So plan on hiring the best publicist that you can afford. Save, I recommend saving one third to one half of your advance money for publicity. And I know this might not sound, this might not be happy news for you, but this is the reality. And I think it's really better to know the reality, right? I, I think you'll thank me in the end. Number three is don't say that they're going to devote, they don't say that they're going to devote a substantial substantial money to publicity. Say it, say it, say it, say it. Tell them how you're going to spend gigantic sums of money to promote yourself. Tell them the amount of this gigantic sum. 
If you don't have this huge sum, say you will devote a percentage of your advance, about a third, to publicity. So they want to see that you're going to be, that you are invested in yourself and that you are willing to spend on publicity. Now, what I mentioned before is that often when you do this, you can sometimes, I just did this with one of my clients, by the way, you can negotiate um, your pu- you can negotiate with your publisher to spend some money on you. So she and I worked on negotiating um, them paying for a radio, business radio campaign, right? I said, just ask. You can always ask and start to negotiate and and start to talk about like, you know, here's what you've set up for yourself. Here's what your publicist will set up. And will you help pay for this? So it's perfectly fine to ask um, in a very polite way. So um, ask and you shall receive, you know, and also the best time, one of the best times to ask is when you're having that kind of success. Like when you, you yourself or your publicist have been booking, um, get, getting bookings in the media and doing well, then you can ask, go back, you know, don't feel shy that you can actually go back to the publisher. And, um, even if you're in the middle of a campaign and ask them to help support for the next, the next leg of it. Number four, and my last point, is they spend too little time on the proposal, the book proposal. Typically, it takes three to nine months. So don't skimp. It doesn't have to take that long, obviously, if you're a genius. But um, pretty much it's about three months minimum, I would say, um, just given my experience working with authors. So don't skimp here because your book is your baby and the world needs it. So don't rush the process. So those are my tips for getting a six-figure book advance about writing a book proposal. And I am going to put on my blog post page a link where you can get 10 tips to write your to write your book proposal, to write your get a six-figure book advance. So we will give you 10 free tips. I will put that on the page, the link on the page at beamediadarling.com. And I will look forward to um, seeing your proposal, you know, in, in, by the way, in our Get a Six-Figure Book Advance book, we actually have a book proposal template. So that might be something that you want to check out on Get a Six-Figure Book Advance on the website, prsecrets.com. So uh, depending on where you are in the process, either get the tips or get the book and jump right in and do your book proposal. So I will look forward to speaking to you soon. Speak your mind, stand your ground, and sing your song. Hop on over to BeAMediaDarling.com for any of the resources that we mentioned in this episode and also for free goodies. You'll also find over there some surprises because I would love to be able to delight you. Thanks so much for listening to the Be A Media Darling podcast with me, Susan Harrow. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And remember, speak your mind, stand your ground, sing your song. I look forward to meeting you.